who are going to be the key players? Where are they setting themselves up and how are they setting themselves up and where is the actual value that's happening? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Drone Insights and Technology, a Connexicore podcast. We're going to be talking about real-world topics that will uncover the business of commercial drones and the applications that drive this exciting market. Your host for the series is Frank Segura, CEO and founder of Connexicore, one of the leading industry drone service providers. With each episode, we will be talking with industry thought leaders about how commercial drones are being used right now in all types of vertical markets to save time, save money, and keep workers safe. As a reminder, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And now, with no further ado, is our host, Frank Segura. All right. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Drone Insights and Technology, a podcast by Connexacore, a Velatus Aerospace company. I'm your host, Frank Segura, and I'd like to thank our audience for joining us today to learn more about the commercial drone industry and the technology and the people driving its widespread adoption. Today, we're going to talk about the public perception on emerging technologies and the role of storytelling more or less to educate and inspire stakeholders. Our guest today is an industry editorial analyst and has produced podcasts, webinars, and videos, as well as spoken at live and virtual events in the commercial UAV industry. Please join me in welcoming our newest team member and Velatus Aerospace Chief Storyteller, Danielle Gagne. Hi, Frank. It's great to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome. So, Danielle, when I first heard you were coming on board with Velatus, I thought to myself, wow, this is a great employee acquisition, you know, having followed you in your editorial journey for the last two years. It has been two years, right? More or less. Yeah. yeah. It's been about two years and and a half at this point. Yeah. And I, you know, I heard you were coming on board and I said, I love the title, Chief Storyteller. I don't think I've personally heard that title at any company. I think it's unique. I think it, it fits you. And um, I'm really excited to get the response from our peers and our competitors when they hear uh, how great you are. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, that that was the brilliance of of Glenn Lynch, um, the CEO of The Lattice, kind of creating this title that really just spoke to me. And I'm really excited to be able to jump in and, and define what this actually means and what it means to tell a story. Yeah, and I will say from firsthand experience, Glenn Lynch is a great motivator. Once you have a conversation with him, you feel like you're part of his inner circle. I mean, did, didn't you feel like that after having conversations with him? Oh, absolutely. He really um, helped to develop a vision for what Philatus was doing and how I could fit into it. And he and I both see that the stories need to be honest, transparent, and he doesn't want to impede on that. He wants to elevate that in this new role. And that's a really exciting and rare thing to find in any industry, let alone the drone industry. Sure. You know, I talk to a lot of customers. I talk to pilots. I talk to CEOs. And there are quite a few people out there that just like to hear themselves talk. <laughs> and, you know, you you kind of learn to live with it. But within this company, we got some really good people who really enjoy talking about this great industry because it really is an exciting industry. I'm excited to see what comes about this whole 
acquisition of Danielle. But before we do a deep dive on your new role with Veladis, tell us a little bit about yourself prior to your involvement in drones. Well, that's an interesting story because when I got into drones, it was right when I joined Commercial UAV News. Before that, I was actually working in textbooks. I was a quality assurance editor, and I was working with their team there to correct and edit textbooks. During that time, though, they were developing technology, AI, machine learning types technology to help streamline that process and also to develop management systems. And I ended up getting heavily involved in both design and development. I understood the editorial side, also had this knack for talking to people with technology. And so I was able to bridge that communications gap between the two. And that's what really told me that I I really love that particular kind of job, that job as a communicator, someone that can make sense of what's going on. And so before then, I started to get my started to cut my teeth on that kind of technology through that. Even before that, it's going to be a little strange. I actually came from the art history world. I have a master's degree in art history. Um, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't come at this from the traditional set. And I think that actually speaks to this industry at, at large. I mean, a lot of people don't just kind of start off saying we're going to be in drones, right? Because we're so new. Sure. And so it, it, just shows how it can take all types of people to come into this industry. So really excited to have discovered this particular avenue and to have been brought in um, by Commercial UAV News two years ago. Wow. Art history. So, boy, the connection between art history and technology is so, so vastly different. And and yet, you know, technology has changed how art is, too. I mean, you add photography and movies into the art world, then you add a drone, and that has started to become something that is part of our artistic arsenal. I actually got to speak at a university uh, college who, with a teacher who was teaching her students drone photography. And she was in the arts, and she was an art history teacher. And so that was a really interesting connection to my past. Well, it's interesting. My wife is a photographer, and I literally knew nothing, although I come from a video background, a software. I knew nothing about photography. Then when I got into the drone world, I kind of saw how important it was to really understand Listen, I don't preach to be an expert in videography or photography, but I got uh, a deep appreciation for how important it is to really understand that, that, that part of the art, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it also just gives you an, an eye towards the way that you need to be capturing data and what, what is a complete image and how to frame that information to get the best data. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, crossover. I also think art history just taught me how to ask a lot of questions and to see things from multiple points of view. Because art isn't created in a vacuum. It's created with a whole society behind it. And so that has helped me consider multiple points of view when I'm looking at the drone industry, which is so multifaceted. You look at the regulatory aspect, the public perception aspect. You look at the tech 
industries that are looking to get into this industry. And then you look at all of the different industries that can benefit from it. And then you kind of have to understand their whole requirements and needs. And so it's kind of pulling all of those stories together into a cohesive whole, which is something that I had to do as an art history major. Right, right. And when was that aha moment that ultimately brought you into the drone industry? The aha moment for me was when textbooks started to downsize in the textbook industry. And I was forced to look elsewhere. And I didn't want to stay in the textbook industry because of its shrinking size and and the dynamics there. And so I was looking for something more dynamic. And so when I got into the commercial UAV news, I think the aha moment was when I first went to Commercial UAV Expo in 2019. And I got to see everyone there. Did you do that on your own or were you invited from an outside party? I actually went there a month in to my new job and I was thrown in the deep end and I had to interview people on the vi- on video and I had to kind of pretend to be an expert for a moment because I was still learning the ropes, but I was learning along the way. And so I got to go as part of the expo, but it was just this moment of, wow, this is technology that's going to change the world. And it just oh, gosh. was yes. so inspiring to be there, especially just a month into this new job. I think it just invigorated me for the next two years, even right, through the right. pandemic where we had to wait a couple more years before we could get back together again. Sure. And we're still waiting. <laughs> yeah. It's, we still are. It, it's amazing. And I have a, a little bit to ask you about the pandemic coming down the interview a little bit more. But let's talk a little bit more on the value of where you see storytelling in the drone industry uh, or any industry for that matter. It's obviously an important component because a lot of people, and I find even when I go to family gatherings, and most people don't know what it is I do. My own mother says, oh, Frankie, can you please tell me again what you do? Um, And I explain it every time and I go into my storyteller mode. But, you know, I'm also dealing with my mom who has no idea what geospatial information is. (laughs) From your perspective, do you find that the better the story and how you can pull somebody in on the value proposition, the more the industry will become acceptable to the novice that really don't understand it? Absolutely. I think it's such an important part to communicating to the outside world giving demonstrations, giving examples, things that they can grasp and take a hold of when there's a story that can be universally understood. And and so not all stories are created equal. I want to take a step back and say that because, you know, you can tell a story that has that is industry geared to a novice and that won't resonate with them because they won't understand. There's a lot of acronyms. There's a lot of inside speak. Telling a story so that people on the outside understand means that it has to actually resonate with their experience. It has to have something in it for them. It has to have some kind of way to pull them in. And that's really a major part of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to take all this technical information, all of all these acronyms, all of the chaos that's happening in the industry and distill it to, to something that can actually be digested not just by people outside, but also people within the industry who don't have time to necessarily watch from, you know, the thousand foot view to pull all this together and to really understand 
what's going to happen next or what we need to be focused on next. And so that's kind of been my job for the past two years. And I'm really looking forward to continuing that and building on that with the resources that Philatus Aerospace has, is going to provide me. Absolutely. And I, I, I find us to be very lucky to be in the drone industry with the right people that we're associated with really at the right time. This is a great time. If you look at robotics and you look at AI and machine learning, aerial vehicles, uh, you know, just in general, we got into this at the perfect time. So really, uh, the leaders are going to stand out and they're going to sustain and stay in the business. And then your bad actors are probably going to go back to their, you know, their regular job or their wives are yelling at them. I want you to get a regular job, you know, forget about those drones. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that we did get in at the right time. And then aligning ourselves with the right people is also something that uh, I consider to be not only lucky, but uh, it's fate. You know, it's kind of fate in the industry. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's really hard to predict where things will go. Being able to watch where and when people are are making those key steps towards a positive outcome and and kind of watching that very closely is is something that is really important not just as storytellers but as people who are looking to be industry leaders they really need that information to make the right decisions about who are going to be the key players where are they setting themselves up and how are they setting themselves up and where is the actual value that's happening and how are they developing a sustainable business are they looking towards the future constantly but they don't have any viable model today you know mm -hmm. those are the kinds of questions that storytellers and analysts are asking on a daily basis they're asking those questions because they want to inform people about what's viable, what's what's going to work right now, what can work in the future. And so that's something that I'm particularly um, drawn to with Velatus is that there's a definite forward momentum of things that are happening right now that are making a difference today. But there's also yes. an eye towards the future. Absolutely. And there are a lot of moving parts for yes. sure. And since we're talking about storytelling, do you have any great stories or anecdotes that you can share from your work uh, in the last two and a half years in the drone industry? Well, I'll share probably my proudest moment in terms of just kind of the cool things that happen and how stories can start making a difference. I was sitting at home Friday night thinking my job was done, and I get a call from a gentleman from Skydio. So I was working with Skydio on this project that we had in mind. It was kind of talking about the infrastructure bill, and they were going to work with me on putting out this piece of literature to our audience. And I was really excited about it because I was looking at the infrastructure bill and saying, this is something that the, the industry can really get involved in and help move that forward if we get our story out there properly. So I was sitting at home on a Friday night, planning on getting this done within the next week or two. And I get a call from Skydio and they're like, hi, um, we're going to actually be uh, approaching Congress on Tuesday. Do you think you could get this done for Monday? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, absolutely. And so I rolled up my sleeves 
worked with them and pulled together the article, Why Americans' Infrastructure Needs Drone Technology, and kind of published that the day before. And then day after, true to their word, Adam Gray addressed Congress and mentioned my article and put it into congressional record. That's the power of stories. And I think, sure, you know, those that story is now a part of the information that they can now use to make major decisions about how they're going to use our technology in the future. That's terrific. Yeah, it was really a, a proud moment for me and, and for the industry. And your name got credit for that in some kind of congressional paper? Yes, it, uh, it's in congressional record. Wow. You can find it online. <laughs> That's terrific. I'm very proud of you. That's great. Now, we talked about COVID, the dreaded topic, because we've all had to make, oh, my God, such major changes, and, and not just in our lives as adults working virtually. Now, myself, personally, I've been working virtual for 25 years. But one thing I was able to do working virtual as an executive, I was able to jump on a plane, meet a client, go to a trade show do a training session, do a presentation for a board of directors, those types of things. But now it's it's taken on a whole new light where everything is, you know, everything's a Zoom or a Teams or a WebEx. And, you know, it's getting a little old. We're approaching, I think, what, three years of this COVID thing. I still can't yeah. believe it's in our headlines. But what's your take on how this has not only affected our industry, but moving forward? It's like the common cold. You'll never get rid of it. What's your take on the whole COVID thing and how can we best exploit the benefits of drone technology to get us through this? So to answer your question, I'm going to take a few steps back to when I first started in the drone industry in 2019. And there were a lot of things up in the air when I first started. I was, I wasn't, we weren't sure about BV loss and whenever the FAA was going to prioritize that. We felt like regulators were were a bit sluggish for the industry, and I think we were always going to feel that, but I felt like I think the feeling was a lot stronger back then. And, you know, it was, it felt like an uphill battle. The stories, if it hit the mass media, they're generally not positive. And then COVID hit. Huh. And all of a sudden, some new stories start to come out about drones as distancers. We started to get some positive impact because we were doing you know, drone deliveries to help keep drone distance. And we're starting to disinfect. We jumped in with this innovative energy and quality to help reinvigorate and keep things moving. And with that came some positive attention. And that was in the, you know, public sphere. But I think even more importantly, what happened in the background of all of that was that industries who realized that their workforce had to be diminished because of social distancing, they started to look at drone technology and they started uh. to see the long-term benefits that we've known all along that, you know, we had some small people who were starting to adopt this technology, but really more people started to invest in drone technology, not just for this COVID thing that was happening right then and there. We didn't know how long it was going to take, right? But to see the long-term benefits. And from that, I think we've seen a lot more growth than we could have ever expected without it. And it's hard to say that 
with so many people who've, who've had so much suffering going on with COVID. Sure. And we've all, we still continue to hit up against, you know, that inability to meet face to face, that inability to demonstrate. I mean, when we get together, big things happen in this industry. We see it every time, whenever there's a big event. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come out of CES. I've definitely seen a lot of stuff come out of the Commercial UAV Expo from last oh, yeah. fall. But I think COVID has really changed that. And we are going to be living with this for a long time. So there are going to be pockets where we're going to have to switch back to this mode as it becomes endemic. And endemic kind of means that it'll show up in a spot, become a hot spot, and then die down again. And, and that's what people expect. And I'm not a scientist or, or sure. an epidemiologist or anything like that. But that's the predictions that I've been reading in the news. And so we have to be prepared for that. And what better way to be prepared for that than to have drones as part of your arsenal in your tool belt? And I think aside from that, I think there's just a lot of applications that are really showing value well beyond just this COVID scenario. And that's what we should be focused on, right? We should be focused sure. on the long game. COVID may have opened a door sooner for us, but I think we've always been able to open that door ourselves. Right. That's an interesting perspective. Now, you mentioned um, a BV loss. And if you don't mind, let's do a little role playing for a moment, if you're good with that. Sure. So your role remains the same. You're chief storyteller. And let's just say my role as an FAA regulatory official, what are your thoughts on BV loss and how you would articulate that value it brings to the drone industry? Now, I know personally because I'm in the industry, but now I'm an FAA regulatory person and you're a storyteller and I want to hear your take on BV loss and why I should be okay with it. Well, first off, I just want to say that safety should never take a side seat to anything that we do with beyond visual line of sight. But at the same time, are there ways that we could start looking at the airspace differently where the risk level is a lot lower and that can allow us to do some low-hanging fruit beyond visual line of sight? And I know you've seen the tactic. There's the tactical beyond visual line of sight waiver already existing. so. Yes. In my opinion, I think is I think we can see more of that. I think, you know, can a farmer fly beyond visual line of sight over his crops? Is that as much of a risk or is and, and are they going to be flying high enough to interfere with manned aviation? Sure. And so those are the types of applications that I think that we could start talking about seeing happen a lot faster that could help us actually deliver on some of the value that's happening today. Because I was talking with Robert Blair, who works in the precision agriculture business, and he talks about my farm. I can fly it around and in front of my house and do a whole bunch of things as a recreational flyer. The second I put it over my crops, it becomes commercial and I have to follow these rules, which means that I can't fly beyond visual line of sight. Huh. So I can't make that next big leap in what I could do with this technology. So how can we start creatively? Can we start creatively looking at how we're using our airspace? And how much harder would that be in terms of what the FAA is tending to do 
is look at the airspace as homogenous. And that's a really hard way to look at things, right? Because if you look at the different applications that drones are doing, they're not always doing the same things as an airplane would. Sure. Let me dovetail on your agricultural example. Out of all industries, it's interesting that you mention agriculture because that is a very safe area of the business for BV loss. And if you look at, you know, the United States in general, if you go out into Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, there are farmland properties with multiple crops that go thousands of acres. Right. And if the technology is available, you know, in our arsenal to be able to survey that agricultural field and do crop analysis and multispectral imaging on our farm, it's a safe area to do beta testing. But the agricultural industry would be a great place to start to see if the theory of beyond visual line of sight can actually be done and be done safely. I agree with that. All right. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career in drone technology? Because you kind of went from a career that was completely different Mm -hmm. to being now in drone technology. And not only did you go from a totally different career into drone technology as an editor, but now you got with a very large full service solutions company that's now going international. What advice would you give someone who said, Hey, Daniel, I'd like to get into the drone space. What advice would you give me? We need you. I think I'd like to switch that around and use me as as an example to what I'd like to say to people who are hiring for the drone space. Okay. Because I think there are a lot of people who want to be in this industry who don't know how to get there. And I think that part of that is communication on our side and being open to the art history majors of the world who come from a different background but have the passion to learn and to grow with this industry. Because we're so young, we're not going to find those pre-made people. And so what we can do as an industry is to reach out and to offer training and and advocate for this industry. Because I think that we actually have an interesting issue, which is most people aren't thinking about us if they're not in the drone industry. We're thinking about it 24-7, so it's hard to imagine (laughs) that. But I think that there are so many people who just don't even know that this is a career. Sure. And so I think the advice I give is actually to people to advocate for this, to create avenues and pipelines that bring people here. Because quite honestly, I fell into it. So I'm not sure how well I can tell you how to get in there, but I can tell you that we need to be a little bit more visible. Yes, agreed. In fact, I had a podcast with Sharon Rossmark at Women in Drones, and we talked about more women involved in general in the aviation and the UAV industry, because I know that on our network, we have not a whole lot of women on our network, and it made me scratch my head for a while. So collaborating with Sharon, we came up with a really great mentor program where we're going to mentor women that don't have a lot of, we'll say, experience that are part of her association that need some experience, some mentoring, some field time, some advice, some training, all those different things that we can offer fairly easily from our offices and from our projects that we have going on in the field, 
I think that's going to open up a lot of doors. And you're right. We need people. We need more people in the industry. As many Part 107s as there are out there, I would say 25% of them are probably not commercially working. And if they are, they might not have the business acumen to survive being their own business owner in the drone business just because they're great pilots, but they may not be great business people. So let's bring them in through a different angle. Like I no longer fly drones. If I were to start up my drone again, I'd probably crash it because it's been many years since I've actually put one in the air. But I can talk about it and I can love it and be passionate and articulate the value, but I I definitely can't see myself flying anymore. So I have the curveball question of the day, and it's actually a fun one. And you could take your time thinking about this. So to the best of your recollection, what was the last thing you searched for on Google? So the last thing that I was searching for was logistics management. Logistics management. And that was in your research for a particular project? Yeah, I'm looking into cargo drone delivery. And I'm looking into the logistics management sector to kind of understand exactly what's going on in that sector. And that's the thing. I have to be kind of dangerous enough in all these industries that we're talking about to actually be able to talk the talk. Sure. And to be able to speak not only to the drone industry, but to the industries that the drones are trying to get into. So if we want to get into logistics management, I have to become a I have to be pretty savvy in, in logistics management to actually make sense to that particular crowd. So I've been doing a lot of research about their current struggles, which are many, and have been reading nonstop about that. So I can start thinking about how drones can step in and and solve some of those issues. And I think one of the most under-discussed conversations are those longer cargo drones and where they can fit into that logistics issue. Sure. Especially if we're in this world of a supply management crisis right now. Yes. Not that drones are going to solve that problem because that's that problem is on a global monumental scale. It's multi-systemic for sure. But we could certainly assist in that area with drones. So as we start to wrap up our interview, it's always been our philosophy here on this podcast not to be a forum to tell the world how great Connexicore is, but to focus on our guest and what makes them unique, their thought leadership, and of course, allow them to promote something. So, Danielle, what are some projects that you're working on at Volatis, and how can we help you promote them? They've generously given me a lot of freedom, and I'll be putting out a news page on their webpage that will not be about tooting Volatis's horn, so to say, but to actually talk about thought leadership, what's going on in the industry, and, and continuing on from what I was doing before. So I'd really like to get people's eyes and anticipation for that to be coming out in the next month or so. And I'm also going to be putting on a podcast, which I hope you'll be able to join me at some point so I can put you in the hot seat. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And that's where we're still working on titles, but the podcast is going to focus on things that are happening today. And that's going to be stories from the field, case studies, any testing that's happening that's going to move the industry forward. But really focusing on the successes that we're having today 
and and talking about what that is, what the re- value is, what the return on investment is, and and doing a deep dive on specific events that have happened in our industry and bringing light to that. Because again, storytelling, bringing these specific stories to light is really the next step in getting the public to see us as, as something sure. that's going to bring value to their everyday lives. Are you big on social media and the connection that social, you know, a lot of people use social media and they do a lot of browsing. They just browse, browse, flip, flip, flip. They they don't interact. I, I noticed that. Yeah. But I do see the benefit of social media, if done in a classy way, as being a, a great way to really uh, gain the exposure for new programs, new employees, very much like what you're doing. You're getting ready to announce a, a new web page on our website that will give you a forum to talk about stories and to get, you know, uh, talk about things that are good. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that are bad in general in this world. To talk about good things is a great story. Absolutely. And in social media, I'm very active on LinkedIn in particular, and I try to stay as up to date and celebrating with everyone in the industry as much as I can and also sharing any insights that I happen to come across in the industry as well and amplifying that because I think that is very important to share and spread the word as much as we can. Yes, absolutely. So I will be there to support you every mile of the way. Thank you. But in closing, I want to thank our charismatic guest today, Danielle Gagne, Chief Storyteller for Vladis Aerospace for her insight and vision on today's topic. It was very inspirational. I would also like to thank our listeners and hope you found this episode to be both informative and inspirational. Be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify to stay up to date on the latest drone industry insights, so stay tuned. For more information about what we do, please visit Connexicor.com and VelatusAerospace.com. And remember, success is not final failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. I'm Frank Segarra, and thank you for listening. We hope that everyone has enjoyed and learned something on this episode of Drone Insights and Technology. And until next time, please remember, it's not about the drone. It's about the data.